Hello, hola, and goodichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is, well, it's had kind of a whole lot of names and a whole lot of headliners, but I think we're finally down to Michelle Waterson versus Marina Rodriguez as the headliner. But of course, we don't really have to worry about all that craziness that's been happening on the main card because this is the prelim primer. We are just focused on the prelim portion of the card. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, might be wondering why just the prelims? Why not the main card? Uh, and other than the fact that they've replaced it about a dozen times this week, uh, the reason is is that th- there's a lot of money to be won on the prelim portion of the card. If you gamble, you play daily fantasy sports, or hey, maybe you just like doing a pick 'em with your friends. If you like to win those, you got to know about the guys early on in the card. And speaking of pickums, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by Fanatics MMA, the most comprehensive MMA pick app that exists on the planet. That's right, they got fighter bios, records, odds, all right in the palm of your hand while you make the picks. Plus, let me tell you something, I love the scoring system, I'll tell you about it a little bit later. And the, the other really cool thing is, you can download it wherever you need to. That's right, you can download it anywhere on the planet where you download apps, So I highly encourage you to do that right now because you're going to listen on later in the show. I'm going to tell you about the scoring. I'm going to tell you about how to join a group with me. There's so many cool functions, but definitely download the Fanatics MMA Pick app today. Now, speaking of co-hosts, I would be also remiss if I did not mention that I'm joined today by the co-host of the Fix Fights podcast with Kurt and Ben, Kurt Chase Patrick. Kurt, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, man. It's always a pleasure being on the show with you. All right, guys, and as you know, we start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Mike Trezano versus Ludovic Klein. So Trezano, 2-1 in the UFC. He beat Joe Giannetti to win the Ultimate Fighter. He then beat Luis Violent Bob Ross Pena in his second fight. Of course, he lost to Grant Dawson in his third, which was a May fight, all the way back in May of 2019, actually. So he's been out for about two years. Klein, meanwhile, had a wonderful debut back in September when he head-kicked Shane Young into oblivion. So... I guess my question here is, obviously, we haven't seen Terzano for a while, but we also haven't seen very much of Klein. His striking obviously looked phenomenal against Shane Young, but do you think he can sort of fend off enough of that grappling from Terzano to let that shine through? So I, I, we actually did, I believe, Klein's debut on this show. I was doing the prelim primer with you, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with him, man. I, I really, really like what he does. He's so dangerous on the feet. He's got a great jab. He works really low behind his kicks, uh, high, mid, and low. And from what I've seen on him, he has very good takedown defense. I haven't seen much of if he does get taken down, how his his get-up game is. But as far as getting him down, I think it's going to be pretty hard for Trezano. Yeah, and I sort of agree with you on that one, too. And and I think... The, the thing about Trezano, and, and, and people largely see Trezano as having this like wrestling base too, but I actually think he tries to use that wrestling base to box more, right? Like, you, you watched him against Giannetti, he just stuffed Giannetti. He, he watched him against Pena, yeah, he scored one takedown against Pena, but largely he was just stuffing the takedowns of Pena. And, and he tried to do that to Grant Dawson and did, but he never really attempted any takedowns of his own. So while he does have like a good wrestling start, I, I think he prefers to work with his hands. And, and like you said, it, it just seems like a really bad place for him to be, to be fighting somebody like Klein. Cause I, I think he's at a huge disadvantage on the feet against Klein. The the other interesting thing to see will, will be, like you said, if he can get him down, what can he do? But 
I don't know. I've got enough faith in what Klein's been doing on the feet, especially in that debut against Shane Young, who's super tough, um, that, that I'm leaning towards Klein here. If you are picking Klein, and it sounds like you are, how do you have him winning this one? Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Shizano, I think, has, has solid striking. He works well off the off the jab. He's got good low kicks. But, man, if if he, if he lets Klein have space out there, I think it's going to be a rough night for Shizano, especially coming off the layoff. He had two surgeries. I like Klein here. I think it's going to be a really fun fight. Trezano is tough. Um, man, I'm going to go with Klein by late finish. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth battle, but I think Klein is just going to do too much work on the feet. I think he finishes Trezano in the third round with a high kick. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I kind of see it building up on Trezano here and, and him just not being able to take it anymore. So I'm going to take Klein also by late TKO. Uh, and that brings us to our next fight, which is a very fun one between Phil Hawes and Kyle Dawkins. Hawes 2-0 in the UFC. He knocked out Jacob Malkin in almost no time, which now looks even more of an impressive win. And then he took a split decision win over Nasoradim Imovov in his second fight. Dawkins, meanwhile, 1-1 in the UFC. He lost to Brandon Allen in his debut, rebounded with a win over Dustin Stoltfoots back in November. So I guess sort of my question here is Dawkins, very durable, right? Like he's a guy who who can take a little bit of a beating, uh, but in that same sense, is that durable enough to pull Phil Hawes, who who somewhat does have a little bit of a cardio problem here and there, it's looked like in the past, does he have enough of that durability to actually test Phil Hawes' durability, or uh, cardio rather? I don't I don't think he wants to find out. I think Doc is very, <laughs> very good on the ground. He's lanky. He's got good chokes. And like you said, I think for him, the best route is going to be to try to get Hawes to the ground. He has he has good trips. Um, he's good against the cage. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he wants to test out uh, his durability against Phil Hawes because Phil Hawes can throw them bungalows. Yeah, and, and I love the way he throws those bungalows too because he's an absolute beast out there. Now, here's a better question, maybe then, if, if you don't think he's going to try to test the durability and take him into deep waters, do you think Darkus can get it done either A on the feet, which I see highly unlikely? Or B, do you think he can actually sub Phil Hawes and, you know, probably the prerequisite to that is getting him down? I do. You know what? The thing about Phil Hawes, too, is as good as he is on the feet, he is very hittable. And if Dawkins can get him down and start to sap some of that energy, because Dawkins does have fast hands. I think he needs to throw them a little bit more, but he does have fast hands. He has good hands. I think if he can get Hawes down... Grind him out. If it hits the second round and Hawes starts slowing down a little bit, I do think Dawkins can have some success on the feet. Uh, but yeah, I do think he can submit him. Uh, maybe not early because Phil, you know, he's going to be fresh. Um, but if it goes later, if he gets to, to Phil's back or he gets, you know, Phil actually has a pretty good double leg. If he gets Phil maybe shooting like a, a tired double leg, that Darshok is going to be available. Yeah, and I love his Darius choke too. So uh, I guess all, all of those are real possibilities. I see this as a fight that is the biggest coin flip on the entire card. So who you got? Who are you taking for your official pick? Man, this is a really tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Kyle Dawkins, man. I like what him and his brother are, are both doing. I, I really like his jiu-jitsu. I think he, he's going to have to weather the storm a bit early, but I think he's going to find his way to a takedown. And I think he's going to finish Phil Hawes in the second round with a rear naked choke. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I, I'm going to take him here by submission. I, I say he probably tires him out. I feel bad, too, because I think I've picked against Phil Hawes in every single fight he's had, and he's made me look dumb all those times. <laughs> 
But I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'm going to take Kadaka's brother uh, in this one by submission. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Round number two. All right, well, I mentioned at the top of the show, my favorite part of the Fanatics MMA Pick'em app is the scoring system. Let me tell you a little something about the scoring system. You're probably used to those pick'em apps that give you, you know, you got to pick rounds and stuff like that. You get random two points for everything or three points for this or, you know, all those fight picks, they're not created equal, right? Like we know Demi and Maya wants a submission. We know this guy wants a knockout. We, we know those types of things. So instead, they make you work with the odds of the fight. That's right. They use the odds of the fight to show you how you would be doing against the Vegas house, which basically gives you a pick IQ, right? Because instead of getting a lot of points for predicting a really easy fight, you're getting less points for that because the odds are more skewed. So when you pick a heavy favorite, you get a few less bucks, okay? So it's really cool, and it's a great way to make sure that somebody who picks chalk all the way through a whole card doesn't wind up winning your pick'em contest. So I highly suggest checking them out, and if you want to do this with your friends, I'm going to tell you a little bit later about the groups function, so hang on tight for that after round number two. And we are back with round number two. Going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Marcos Rogerio de Lima versus Maurice Green. De Lima, since 2014. 2014, I'm saying he's alternated wins and losses in every single one of his fights. He's 5-5 five and five in his last 10. Of course, his last fight was in November where he fought Alexander Romanov and got choked out with a forearm in one of the most ridiculous submissions I've ever seen. Maurice Green, meanwhile, is 1-3 in his last four. That only win coming off of a very exhausted Jean Vellante by one of the weirdest chokes I've ever seen as well. Uh, and of course, his last fight was a loss to Greg Hardy. So my question here is that for Green, it, it seems like the cardio is a big issue here because let, let's face it, he fought Greg Hardy and got extra tired against Greg Hardy, right? Like he couldn't tire out Greg Hardy. He was the one who got tired. He barely had more cardio than than uh, Jean Vellante. Do you expect Rogerio de Lima to be able to take advantage of that? I don't really because because de, de Lima does most of his work on the feet. We've seen him get in trouble when he does try to take bites down. He's been subbed before. He's been finished before. Um, and Green just has such an advantage on the feet. He's got a six inch height advantage and a six, seven inch reach advantage, I believe. Um, and this, this is another, another tough one to score because both of these guys, as you said, I mean, I mean, Delima has alternated a ton of wins and losses. Green, you know, he's lost a bunch in the UFC. I mean, judging by Delima's record, he probably should win this fight because he lost his last fight. <laughs> but the best kind of analysis, <laughs> you know, I mean, this could turn into a, 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 you know, tired slot fest by the second round. Um, hard one to pick, honestly, man. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I, I think if this doesn't end in the first five minutes, I think fans are going to be pretty pissed that they're watching this, to, to be completely honest with you. Um, it's I will, just one of, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I will say, though, Maurice Green does do pretty good work on the ground if he does get taken down. So if, if he starts getting tired... Uh, Delima, that is, and Delima shoots a sloppy takedown. I could see Green possibly snatching something up or even sweeping to get on top and, and finishing. Yeah, you're definitely right, too. And, and that's really what was leaning me towards Maurice Green here is that, like, I think Delima, 
Look, Dalima is a guy who can score a takedown or two, right? Like, he, he picked up a couple of takedowns against Adam Weirich. Uh But, like, you know, you look at his fight against Stefan Struve, and granted, you know, uh, you know, you definitely can't call Maurice Green the next Stefan Struve, but, you know, <laughs> Stefan Struve didn't throw a strike and he beat Rogerio Dalima. And, right. like, Ovin St. Prue, same thing. Like, Ovin St. Prue beat him, you know, throwing very few strikes. Uh, I mean, he even got subbed by Gadamurazad and Tigalov, who looked awful in these UFC time. So, yeah, I, I think I'm just going to take Maurice Green by sub here just because I don't think Delima's good enough to stop it. How about you? Uh, just to differ from you, I'm going to take Green by TKO. Uh, I Again, this is a hard fight to call, but I, I think... I think Green has the better skill set. He's going to be able to last a little bit longer, and I think he finishes uh, DeLima on the feet or either maybe even knocks him down and finishes him on the mat. I like it. And let, that takes us to our next fight, which is Jun Young Park versus Tafan Nechukwi. Park, two-fight winning streak after losing his debut. Those wins are against Mark andre Barrio and John Phillips, both by decision. Chukwi, meanwhile, beat Jamie Pickett by decision in his debut so I guess my question here is that Jamie Pickett in that fight with Chukwe was technical and smart enough to stay away from the big scary stuff that Tefan Chukwe throws. Is Park a guy who can do that same thing? Park is a good counter striker. He's got good boxing, um, and he does he does throw pretty good uh, low kicks and takedowns. I think he's going to have have to, to vary it up because if he looks to counter, I mean, dude. Uh, Tiffon and Shukwe? Uh, yeah, I think you nailed that. Yeah. Uh, dude, he, he's like a tank, man. He, he's very compact. He walks forward. He sets a good pace. Um, I think I think Park is going to have to mix in low kicks, takedowns, something to, to slow and Shukwe down. Because if he just gets walked down this whole fight, it's going to be rough for him. Yeah, and like you said, I, I think he fancies himself a counter-striker, and, and he's good at it. But, like, when that guy throws bombs, like, look, look. William Knight is an absolute tank as well, right? Like, William Knight is like, I mean, he's incredible in how strong he is. And Chukwe knocked him cold, right? Like, Chukwe (laughs) knocked him silly on the regional circuit. And, like, for me, if you've got that kind of power, you can't fight that guy like a counter-striker, right? Like, you have to go after him. You have to push a pace. And I just don't think Park's going to do that. So, uh, my official pick on this one is going to be Chukwe by violent, nasty knockout early on in some sort of... Very cool fashion, similar to like he did on the Contender Series. How about you? Who you got? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think it's going to be early for Shukwe. I think he's going to stop him pretty early. I think he's going to walk him down, land a big bomb, and uh, be in the running for that 50 Gs, baby. All right, and that's going to do it at the end of our second round. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, well, during the last commercial break, I mentioned to you that I was going to tell you about the groups function on Fanatics MMA. It's an awesome feature that not only allows you to pick against some of your friends, but chat with them as well right there in the app as you're looking at the stats unfold. But but the real thing is, right, we like to compete. We like to be up against our friends. Anybody can start a group on Fanatics MMA. And as a matter of fact, there's a Top Turtle MMA podcast app there right now that I'm going to encourage you guys to join so that you can play against me, some of the co-hosts on this very show, and some other people as well. So check out our app, or our rather our group, check out the app, our group on the app, by going to the Top Turtle MMA, either Twitter or Instagram, you can look at either one, check out the link in the bio, when you click on that, you will see something that says, play with us on Fanatics MMA, click that link and you're good to go. 
And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Zaruk Adeshev versus Ryan Benoit. Adeshev 0-2 in the UFC and actually only 3-3 in his pro career. He's got losses to Tyson Nam and Sumu Derji, which, you know, aren't really terrible losses. Ryan Benoit, meanwhile, has lost two straight. He actually last won in November of 2017. Uh, since then, he's lost to Haile Alatang, been out with a bunch of injuries, and also lost to Tim Elliott. So, obviously, we haven't seen very much positive for either of these two. You know, when you look at these two and, and their body of work in the UFC and their time in the UFC, where's the positive that you pull? What's the, the defining factor here in this fight? I mean, I think they both have... Uh... Say this. They both do some good things. I think the thing with Adeshev is he's a great, great kickboxer. But when he entered MMA, you know, before the UFC, he fought not great competition. And then he gets to the UFC and they put him in with two really good fighters. So it's kind of hard to gauge like where he's at. He went from fighting not so good to very good. And then with, with Benoit, it's just. And he's been in the UFC since 2013, and he only has eight fights, right? So it's like he's been injured. He's been so inconsistent. Um, he's also pretty good on the feet. He moves a lot, uh, good stance switches, got good counter striking. Um, again, it's kind of a hard fight to to call because they've both just been so inconsistent. Yeah, and it, it's such a tough one to break down too because, like, you know, not only have they both been really inconsistent, but also they, they both have, like, these very odd like full-on professional records, right? Because before they got to the UFC, there's really not a huge body of work. You know, like, you know, three and one for Adeshev before getting to the UFC. And you mentioned Benoit's only had eight fights in that amount of time. He only had nine fights before that. Like half of his career has been in the UFC against guys like, you know, Brandon Moreno and Tim Elliott. And I mean, he actually has a win over Sergio Pettis. Like he's fought some freaking killers yeah. in the short time he's been there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's so tough to break down and it's so tough to try to, you know, handicap a guy who's got literally uh one win since he's he's in the last four or five years so um i i guess but this is the time where we got to make a pick regardless uh who you got in this one and how you got him uh you know i really like i really do like adeshev's striking uh his fight iq is, is not there though we've seen him do some, some questionable things he dives on weird submissions uh instead of defending takedowns Benoit has been out there um, training with the Donahue Death Squad down there in Puerto Rico. I think he's going to be using his grappling a bit more in this fight. Kind of want to take Adeshev. It could be him because I think a lot of this is going to take place on the feet. But I'm going to take Benoit by third round rear naked choke. I like that. And and that's a good little piece of intel there that he's working with the, the Donahue Death Squad because – Hey, like, you know, like if you're a guy who's going to go in there and try to wrestle up a kickboxer, that that is about as good as you can get for a game plan. And I will also say this, because I'm going to go with your pick as well. I'm going to take him by submission here. I think when you look at his record, too, and he's got takedowns against Tim Elliott, who, who's notoriously a great scrambler, that sort of bodes well for him. So, yeah, I, I like him here to take down Adeshev enough to win this and, and hopefully get a late sub. And that brings us to our last fight, which is Carlton Harris versus Christian Aguilera. Aguilera, 1-1 one one in the UFC. He beat Anthony Ivey in his debut. Followed that up with a loss to Sean Brady in his second fight, which they weren't doing him any favors there. Carlton Harris, meanwhile, 15-4, making his UFC debut. He's coming off a nice win at UAE Warriors. That was back in January, so he's been active lately. Now, the book on Harris, who's new to the UFC, is that he, he's kind of a grappler, from what I can tell. He, he likes his submission game. 
how good is his submission game, and is it enough that Aguilera is really going to have to worry about it? He He's very long. I think he uses his length well as far as grappling goes. Uh, on the feet, when he's striking, he's very flat-footed, and he tends to overextend. But he does get to the body locks. He's good with trips and sweeps. He's good in the clinch, and he has very good top control. I think it would be wise for him to look for the clinch early and often to try to get this fight to the ground because Aguilera is a very good boxer, good hands, good power, but he can be controlled from the top position. Yeah, and I I will say it's hard for me to get a really great read on Aguilera too because like if you look at his two fights, he fought Anthony Ivey, who's a grappler, in, in his first fight. But Anthony Ivey's takedown game is eh, maybe not so great. Uh, and as a result, he didn't have to fend much off. His second fight is against Sean Brady, and nobody stops yeah, the takedown from Sean Brady right now. Right? Like, <laughs> that's, that's so, like Sean point. Brady is a goddamn bulldozer, so you're it's not stopping nasty. that. Yeah, so like, what, what do we have to draw from? I mean, I guess we have regional fights a while ago, but I, I kind of think that he's probably, you know, somewhere in the middle there, obviously. But I tend to think he, he's towards the side that's actually got pretty decent takedown defense. So, you know, if you're sitting here telling me that you think Harris is flat-footed against a boxer like that, that certainly worries me. So... Um, I'm going to lean Aguilera on this one. I'm going to say his hands get it done. How about you? I'm going to go Harris. I think, I mean, I would not be surprised if Aguilera hits him with some sort of uppercut or overhand, but, uh, I'm going to go with Harris. I think he gets him down, does good work on top and, uh, grinds out a decision. But I'm again, this is, this is a tough one to call. Yeah. And it was a whole card's worth of tough ones. And that does it for the end of our third round. So we hope you and guys enjoyed that. Once again, uh, I want to thank my co-host for today's show. You can find him on Twitter at KCPKO. That's Kurt Chase Patrick from the Fix Fight Podcast. And of course, make sure you listen to the Fix Fights Podcast with Kurt and Ben. Kurt, thanks so much for joining me, man. Man, it's always a pleasure. I love doing this. Um, enjoy the fights this weekend. <laughs> <laughs>